everyone, welcome to a nimble edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man whose talent is so stealthy we've never seen it. I give you the Brent. Oh, wow. What's it? What's You're up, just man? Like a, uh, like, it's just like David Copperfield over there. <laughs> That's right. Complete camera. Oh, yeah. Trip. Well done. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So, if you joined us last week, uh, we spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week, Brent, we're going to be playing games. I'll tell you, this is outside of my usual wheelhouse, but we're playing games that are called stealth games. Games based yes. on sneaking around and being uh, being quiet and, and not just killing everything you see. Uh, an odd one, I'll tell you, I was... Uh, hmm. This this is not a, a genre that I had ever looked into that highly, and to be honest with you, I didn't realize how uh, small it was, especially in, in, in the wheelhouse of our consideration. You know, now you understand. I mean, uh, I agree from a retro yeah. perspective, but you play a ton of a stealth game almost every week. Oh, do I? Dead by Daylight. Well, yes, but, but that's clearly outside the scope of this particular show. Generally. Oh, absolutely! I'm just saying you play more stealth games than yeah, you probably yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will say I'll give you that. Uh, but at, when we when you look back at these stealth games, and I had a good hard look back, uh, you know, I have played some in the past, and the one that came to mind. In fact, I would have picked this. In fact, I did pick it until I realized we'd already covered it. <laughs> I'd picked uh, you know Castle Wolfenstein from back in the old days, the original stealth game for me. Where you snuck around uh, trying to escape the Nazi, Nazi castle. A great game. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, by today's standards, graphically, which was the lowest of the low end. But it had everything you would require a proper stealth game to have. You had your uh, costume stealing and you're sneaking around. It had bribing. It had the kind of stuff you would expect in a stealth game. What surprised me, though, is when you look past the obvious stuff... They're really, the stealth game genre was, the pickings were slim, weren't they, Brent? Yeah, I mean, back in the day, you have to realize, stealth games were only invented in 1979. And, it, and a lot of people are like, 79? No, it's like 82. No, no, no. 79. Uh, that is when the first release, uh, well, let me back up, not released, but... Uh, a type-in game was invented called Stealth uh, Shoplifting Boy, and Shoplifting Boy was a. I'm going to butcher this name. No, I apologize in advance. <laughs> Hiroshi Suzuki uh, on the Commodore PET in 1979, and this was just a university student that was getting into game design, and they were like, you know. Uh, we're trying to come up with these new designs, and he was walking around a 7-Eleven, which the, in uh, 79 in Japan, uh, 7-Elevens were kind of new. They were just coming into the market there. And he noticed all the shelving was this real high shelving. And he thought, man, this if someone wanted to just steal something from this place, it'd be super easy to do so. You know, you could just because uh, you can't be seen over all the shelving. And he took that concept, and he went back and got on his uh, Commodore PET and programmed in Shoplifting Boy, which ended up 
landing him a job. Uh, but not, but they they hired him to do concept work because they this was innovative. You know, no one's ever seen, done anything like this before. And uh, but it was never released. It was only released in type in game form. So it was something you could grab a magazine, do a type in for, just like we did last week, and uh, you could play Shoplifting Boy. Now, some might say, well, that doesn't count. That wasn't a released game. You know, you can't call that the first. All right, fine enough. In 1980, he released Shoplifting Girl. It had updated graphics. Uh, concept was pretty much still the same. And the concept for this game is you have rows of shelving. And the merchandise on it is represented by dollar signs. And you go up and down the aisles trying to steal everything in the shop, which <laughs> yeah. is a little ambitious for a yeah. shoplifter. They got big go. pockets. They got the old, uh, they got the portable holes. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, what makes this a stealth game is at the top of the screen is the shopkeeper. And he roams back and forth uh, at the top of the screen looking down the aisles. And if you duck behind an aisle... When he's when he gets to you, he just keeps wandering around. He keeps doing his job, but if he sees you, he will run at you and capture you and throw you in jail. Uh, on top of that, there's also a time limit that will count down. If you run out of time, you also get thrown in jail. I guess that's the time limit is supposed to represent the police on their way because apparently this guy knows you're kind of being shady. <laughs> he's already called the cops. And now it's just a matter of getting all the loot you can and, and getting out of there before the cops show up or before you get caught actually Listen, in the Listen, when eye. Shoplifting Boy or Shoplifting Girl come into your store, you don't hesitate to call the cops. You know they're going to go. That's th right. You know, just by their names, like, this can't be good. You know, I, <laughs> hey, I, know I never, That's Shoplifting Boy. I never heard of this, obviously. And, and I'm going to link uh, below to the uh, excellent little mini documentary on this game that, that I stumbled across when you were mentioning it to me. But yes. you got to give this game credit. It actually looks pretty good for a typing game. It's even got an opening cutscene. It's got a closing game over cutscene with your guy in jail. I, <laughs> or if you succeed. If you get all the loot, it has you running out of 7-Eleven. I mean, it actually has the 7-Eleven in the picture at the beginning. It's labeled as a 7-Eleven. Of course, <laughs> the 7-Eleven is a towering yeah, skyscraper. Well, that's, hey, that's the way they did it. You never know in Japan. You never, there, there could have been two floors of manga on top of the of convenience store stuff. But I, I was surprised. I'd never heard of this, obviously. And I, I ended up finding versions of this that also went up all the way up to the Coke or the, one of the Coco systems had this, right, Brent? The TRS-80s? Well, I, I personally looked at it on the uh, MC-10, yeah. the TRS-80 MC-10. Uh, that's where I found a version that you could just uh, jump to online, uh, load it up, and give it a play. Is the game good? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, the shopkeeper doesn't move predictably, uh, so it is a little bit random, although it's all about risk and reward. Can you? How many things can you grab off the shelf before you have to duck back in and, you know, wait till the, the shopkeep goes back to the other side of the store or away from the store. And the aisles are long, and there's places to hide in the middle, 
but getting the items at the very bottom or especially at the very top right next to where the shopkeep is walking back and forth it's a fun pressure luck element with uh scoring there is a a way to win to succeed uh it's a one one and done game if you get caught it's over but i really enjoyed this i think this is certainly something uh it's so easy to emulate it's a lit- literally two clicks and, and you're playing uh i would highly recommend checking this out being the first recognized stealth game is a big deal and i think this needs more uh uh appreciation for the history of video games than it gets you know i i think i do i think it was you did a good job bringing this to my attention i i never heard of this before you know it, when you uh, if you look forward from this and we mentioned we mentioned a game like uh, wolfenstein uh, the the stealth game genre was sort of mostly dormant. I mean, you can make a case for different games, and we and you make a, another case for another one. But the big year that everyone points to is the year that that changed the the stealth genre would have been would have been all the way up in nineteen ninety eight when you when you get games uh, such as the one I covered. Plus, you've got your Metal Gear Solid. Uh, game and then you've got your uh, thief all came out that year. That sort of that sort of set the tone. Uh, that's and that's not to say there weren't stealth games before that. I mean, obviously the Metal Gear game was a sequel. And Britt, do you remember when me yes. and you rented the original Metal Gear for the uh, for the NES way back in the day? Absolutely. And I, although that was <clears throat> that was a completely different everything. Yeah. If you go back through gaming history, uh, I mean, obviously some of these same elements uh, were present throughout all of its lifespan. <clears throat> but the NES version is really kind of a different beast. But I love Metal Gear uh, for the NES. Uh, it was a game I could never beat, but I, I tried and tried. I rented it several times trying to get all the way through it. Uh, hard game. Incredibly uh, brutal but game. I, you, but a lot of know, fun. We played a lot of NES games back in the day. I know you played tons, and I, I would always give them a shot. But that's a game that stood out to me. Even before it came back, as a game that was unusual, because really that was a game that I don't think I'd ever play anything like it. To be honest with you, yeah, it was, it was a very unusual game, and uh, so you've got to give that game a lot of credit as well. <clears throat> but overall, I was taken with just the fact that the the, the genre of stealth games really it, it was there were a handful, a really a handful of games that you could put into this uh, category up until the late nineties. Of course, then after that, you've got a, a now it's a much more uh, much more popular uh, genre than it was back in the early days. So it was kind of neat. I never realized. I never. I guess I never paid much attention to the thought that there just weren't that many uh, to start off with. Uh, you know, one of the best games of all time, uh, in my opinion, Deus Ex. You could certainly go a full stealth route in that yeah. game. Uh, it wasn't required per se, uh, but that's probably my favorite stealth game. Uh, Metal Gear was probably my the first game I played uh, in the stealth genre, <clears throat> and I really nowadays stealth games aren't my thing. It's not that I I don't like I like I enjoy the Hitman game, yeah, uh, where they are actually stealth is the thing. You know, it's it's not you to you can go ham and just shoot everyone and, and go crazy, but the the main purpose of the game is using your wits 
finding different ways to do to accomplish your goal and it's so open these stealth games where you have to get from point a to point b and you have to do it the way uh the developers wanted you to do it you have to stay behind this row of boxes or you had to uh you know crawl through this vent it was the only way to get there i find that very restricting uh and really the genre overall i find very restricting i like being able to do my own thing when i play a game um which is probably why i don't rank stealth games in i don't say i wouldn't say i hate them but i really don't enjoy well it's just it's it is a genre that i haven't played all that often uh but i i you know they there is fun to be had in there and oh absolutely uh, yeah and and when a game does it well i absolutely appreciate it yeah uh, it just, I feel like it's a, uh, I hate games. I guess this is what I really hate. I hate games that have 90% not stealth and then that forced shoot in stealth section. Like they're trying to mix it up. I don't think stealth is a, a viable mix it up mechanic for most games. It's so off the pace of anything else you could possibly do. It just, I think it's a big turnoff for me. I understand, I understand. Well, with all that in mind, and a ringing endorsement from Brent for Stealth Games, we had, it was our duty to try to find a couple games uh, that uh, we could play in the genre that we hadn't already played as well, because that was also a part of this year. And I'll, I will say, the first game that came to my mind, aside from uh, the one I mentioned, uh, which was uh, uh, which was playing Castle Wolfstein, was a, a game that I loved. That was pretty stealthy, called uh, Mirror's Edge. But that was, I thought it was just too far down the line. And it, calling it a stealth game, I mean, it sort of is. You don't want to do combat in it, but it's, it's, no, it's I, more it's of a, I think, more of a parkour game. game than anything else. Well, it is a parkour <clears throat> game, but it's a parkour so, slash stealth. But I did go forward more than I normally would, Brent, uh, this week. Yes, you and did. And I went ahead and picked one of the, and I mentioned them. In 1998, there was that sudden surge of these games. They all sort of came out at the same time. Uh, you had uh, Thief, you had uh, the Metal Gear uh, Solid game, and then you had the game that I ended up choosing, which was Tenchu Stealth Assassins. Now, you know, I'd heard of this game, uh, Brent, uh, from back in the day. It did get a lot of uh, word of mouth in, in my circles, uh, and I did have a PlayStation. In fact, I may have even had this game, but I never actually played it. Uh, and so this was my... I wanted to pick something... Uh, I'll look. You owned it. Yeah, I wanted to pick something that uh, was different and something that I, I uh, uh, you know, could try for the first time for the show. And so I went ahead and went to Tenchu Stealth Assassins. This is a game published by Activision and developed by Acquire Corp uh, and released in, of course, September of 98 on the PlayStation. Uh, uh, this uh, g- game was directed by a fellow named Takuma Endo. He actually directed uh, several games in this genre. He directed all the Tenchu series, and uh, the early ones anyway. There ended up being about nine of these, I found out, which I had no idea. Uh, and, yeah, I didn't well, know that. Uh, you got, and I'll get into why you get to that number, because there's a lot of the stuff that came out in Japan that we didn't even we didn't touch the, here. He also, he also was the guy behind the Way of the Samurai series, which I've also heard of that. He also did the wizardry, wizardry game from 2009, which I also have heard of, but I've never seen. Uh, the music in this was composed by Noriyuki uh, uh, Asakura. And this, the Tenchu is uh, pretty renowned for having a really nice uh, soundtrack, which I would not disagree with that 
assessment of the soundtrack. I thought it was a pretty pretty nice uh, soundtrack. So, what's the scoop on this game? Well, you know, when you think stealth, in my mind, the ultimate stealth character is your ninjas, Brent. Uh, the whole basis of a ninja is to go in, be stealthy, take care of your business, and then get out. You know what I'm saying? And try not to get try not to get uh, raised such a suspicion because you're usually a lone wolf. Uh, sure. So, in this game, uh, it's the you're in 16th century Japan, and you get to pick which ninja you want to p uh, play as. You can play as uh, Rikimaru or Ayami. Uh, Rik Rikimaru is a guy, and Ayami is, is is a chick. Uh, and you go on uh, missions for your master, who is Lord uh, Goda. Okay, and this is set up. And this is I will say I like the setup of the straightaway because it's set up. It's mission based. And so you just kind of run through the missions, and once you complete a mission, you you don't have to do it again. You can you can come back to it. So eventually, you can end up skipping around between the missions. Uh, <clears throat> they give you a goodly amount of missions, uh, and there's also a training portion to kind of get the grips with what this game is. And what this game is, I'm going to try to describe this for someone that's never seen it. If you if you took uh, the engine of say t the one of the early Tomb Raiders, okay, or maybe maybe like Tomb Raider two, up up the up to the smidge, and then basically made it a ninja game. That's sort of the way it looks. It's got that early, uh, not super early, but say second second wave three D uh, game, thir uh, third person perspective game where the camera is behind the shoulder of your ninja as they romp across these various environments. <clears throat> the uh, the games uh, you know it's not perfect around the gate. I instantly had problems having the camera be where I wanted it to be. If you ever played a game called Toker, uh, 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 what was the name of that game? A Battle Arena Tashinden, uh, which is a 3D fighting game. It's an early PlayStation uh, fighting game, which I used to play this a lot. Whenever you move real quickly in a circle, the camera sort of lags behind, and this game is exactly the same way. So part of the game challenge is actually getting and focus your opponents. Early on, that's a difficult. That's a subject to get over right away, right in training. The train you're training yourself to understand how the camera operates as much as you are how to use your weapons, because the weapons are pretty self-explanatory. You know, walk up to sucker, cut in half. That's the that's pretty much you know, <laughs> it's not that difficult. Now, uh, once you get to the training, you can start running your missions. Uh, the missions in this and and they're they're actually pretty varied, uh, Brent. Uh, I, I'll list that. I got a big list of all the missions. I'm gonna go through them all. But I like the fact that they tell you what the mission is, pretty much with the title. Uh, and the first one, punish the evil merchant. Then you've got deliver the secret message, rescue the captive ninja, cross the checkpoint. You know, I like this one. Uh, cure the princess. You know, destroy the foreign pirate. That sort of stuff. Execute the corrupt minister. They don't. There's no uh, subtlety to these names. That's what you're doing on the mission. Yeah. And before each. Mission, there'll be a cutscene. <coughs> excuse me, that tells you what exactly you're supposed to do, and it kind of gives you hints on what to do. Like, don't uh, don't be caught when you're killing. Don't kill innocents. Uh, uh, you know, blah blah blah. So, if you were just a ninja with a sword, that'd be kind of lame. So, because your ninja's got all kinds of like bond-like gizmos to keep them to keep it fresh, right? The best thing he's got, aside from his weapon or her weapon, and they both keep they have different weapons. Uh, the the guy ninja has a just a, a proper ninja sword. The, the the lady ninja has like sort of like two short swords, effectively, uh, two yeah. different. And she's quicker. He's tougher. You know, so they actually do play quite a bit differently. Uh, but the the missions are pretty much the same. 
So, uh, when you go to a mission, they give you basically a place where you can arm up. You, and you get to pick from what you want to take with you. There's a ton of armaments in this. I was, I was really surprised, actually, by the amount of cool stuff you could pick up. Uh, you, of course, you, you're, you're not a ninja if you don't have shuriken. You've also got uh, uh, things to give you health. There's also stuff like grenades. Like I guess there's like explosive potions you throw. You know they're not actual yeah, fire pods. There's yeah. poison stuff you can use. There's colored rice you can get to kind of mark your path so you don't get lost. Which I'll be I admit I never got to the point where I needed to use the colored rice, but I'm sure there's somewhere in there you knew to use it. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other stuff you can end up picking up uh, that are like real. Uh, uh, when you when you complete a, a mission with the gra rank of Grand Master, you can get stuff like super shurikens, lightfoot scrolls, fire eater scrolls. So I'm assuming you can breathe fire on a sucker. Protection amulets, sleep gas, all kinds of crazy stuff that you you can see a ninja using. So if you if you start the game with with a like we'll talk about the simple mission, we'll talk about the first mission where you kill the 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 merchant. Uh, <clears throat> this game doesn't hold your hand, and I'll have to say at first I was thrown by this, but then it became a feature. Uh, the game basically says, here's here's the layer of this guy, go. And then that's pretty much all it gives you, even on the first level. Uh, all the levels are dark. Uh, for one thing, it's night and you're a ninja, but from what I read, uh, uh, one of the reasons it's like that is because of the limitations of the hardware. They couldn't, Absolutely. They couldn't just... Yeah. They couldn't just show everything that the ninja would do. So, in the, like for the example, the first mission, Kill the Merchant, you have to come across a, a, a wall, and then you have to basically go through the compound and find where the merchant is, right? And uh, that involves using your grappling hook. Now, when I saw that this game had a grappling hook, and given the camera situation, I was concerned. Uh, but actually, the grappling hook system works pretty well. Uh, it's not that hard to target it. You've got, you've got, of course, you've got the PlayStation controller, so you've got a myriad of buttons, and there's plenty of buttons set up, and they've got one set up just to target the grappling hook. You can switch between your weapons, and so you've got, a, you've got a, at the written at the bottom of the page here, and you see each icon. So you just flip over to the uh, grappling hook button, you hit the thing, and you basically have a little aim uh, marker that comes up. You aim the grappling hook, you throw it, and your guy swings in. It actually works pretty well. Uh, and it also, that doubles as the same sort of a thing you'd use for, like, your shuriken, your throwing stars. You can, if you've got those switched over to on weapons, you'll throw the throwing star using that same aiming technique. Uh, it's a little tougher for those because you're sort of usually in a hurry <clears throat> when you throw them. That's one reason that being stealthful is good because if you could take your time and aim, which is nice, you know, with those things. So... In the first mission, you you have to use your uh, grappling hook to get across the wall, and then you get in the area where you're running across rooftops, which is awesome. It's just like in the movies. You can see a ninja running from rooftop to rooftop. Ultimately, you make your way into this, like, uh, uh, an upper, uh, uh, like a, basically like an air hole in the top of a house. You kind of make your way in for a cutscene. Then you go in there, and, and, and you start really getting into the mix where you're actually fighting guys. Uh, it's done real well. And all the missions are sort of like that. Some of the missions, like for the second, for example, the second mission, you're trying to get a message to your master, and so basically you you just run down a route, and the guys come to you. In a lot of ways, you can make this game as difficult or as easy as you want, depending on what you do. Once you get to the point where you know where stuff's at, you can pretty much make a beeline toward it, and actually get there without a whole lot of difficulty. A lot of times in the early levels, I only got, I got to level three. 
which I thought was okay, uh, given the amount of time I had to play this. And uh, uh, I I got pretty good at the first couple levels because after I played them a few times, I mean, you could actually once you figure out, uh, for example, in the first level where the where the evil merchant hides, once he runs off the first time, you could just go right to him and, just, and take him out. <clears throat> now. I will say the boss battles in this are interesting. There's a lot of good dialogue in this. Uh, all the, you know, there's cutscenes and dialogue all from the beginning. I really like the the man ninja had a really cool voice. I looked up to see who the, the guy was that did it because it sounded familiar. And his guy, the guy's name was Paul Lucas. And from what I could tell, this was his fir first voice acting role in any video game. He went on to do. He was in a bunch of stuff after this, uh, but this was his first role. And I, I thought he did a good job as the as the guy ninja. The chick ninja wasn't quite as good. And some of the accents in this are a little wonky. You know what I mean? They're a little... I, don't, I mean, they're, they're Americanized <laughs> Asian accents. And so, you know you know how that goes. I'm sure they sound much cooler in Japan than they do here. They sound kind of dumb here. Uh, but uh, it's, overall, I thought the voice acting was, was pretty solid in it. Uh, but anyways, <clears throat> once you get to the... Once you get through to a, to a, a boss or a lead character, there'll be a little tit for tat in there. You know, this is the end of your journey, blah, blah, blah. And you, and you kill him, and then your guy will say some kind of thing like, you know, I released your spirit, you know, so, so long, you know, and then you and you move on. I will say at the end of the first level, I was, and this is where I really fell in love with the game, I went through the first level trying to find this big fat jerk merchant. You get him cornered. You've killed all of his flunkies. I was playing the chick at the time, and I, I was very low on energy. And she's like, "This is where you die, old man." And he's like cowering in the corner. I'm like, "I'm gonna take, I'm gonna nuke this sucker." And I walked over to kill this guy, and this sucker pulled out a pistol and just blew me away. Bam! And then once yeah. he killed me, he cackled. He's like, ah, ha, 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 "I've got money," he said. And then it showed your character at the graveyard. So I was little touches like that. I didn't expect that. If you're quick enough, you can just go over and cut this guy in half. But I was gloating at the time, and so he blew me away. So that was pretty cool. The bosses in this are pretty interesting. The ones I saw were like, for example, there's this big fat guy. I think it was like the third level that has a pet bear that you've got to tangle with. He's pretty cool. There's also dogs in this you have to tangle with. Uh, there's a lot of open world areas, so you basically just walk around and people attack you. If you're If you're stealthy, you're okay. At the bottom of the screen, there's like a stealth meter, okay? Now, this has became commonplace in these stealth games, but to a certain degree, this is a little bit different. Basically, it will it will basically give you a question mark if you don't know about your stealth. It will give you a, like kind of, a, kind of a cold blue if you're okay. And if you're starting to get seen, it kind of gives you the exclamation point flashing. You know, like that, you're getting seen, you're getting seen. Uh, you know, Thief did the same thing, and so did... Uh, uh, yeah, so did Metal Gear, that, yeah. I, and I, who who knows who were the first ones to do it? But I mean, this was pretty common sense stuff, you know, back in the day to have some sort of meter to tell you that. If you play this game correctly and you sneak up on people, it does the old cutscene death, where you kind of come up and just kind of walk up behind them and slit their throat quietly, or flip them over and choke them. You know what I'm talking about? Where you don't you don't really oh, have to yeah. do anything, and so, and so that's always sort of satisfying uh, when you can pull that off. You know, but uh, it's not something you can do every time. Uh, overall, though, a, a fun game, lots of stuff to do in here, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. But what were your impressions of Ten? Ten, had you played this before? I have played oh, okay. this before. Uh, this is something we had in our fraternity house when I was oh, in college. Oh, so you've given this a good um, thorough looking over then? Nope, I will suck. Oh, at okay. It. I sucked at it then. I suck at it now. 
Uh, I hate, hate the controls in this. Really? Uh, they use tank-style controls where you turn left and right and then press forward to uh, walk. And the reason why they do that is you can pull backwards and and for to block. Yeah. And uh, I hate it. I could never... I, I mean, I know how they work. I understand the concept. And I was just awful at it. Uh the camera, I, I'm going over all the bad stuff first, because I'm not going to kill this right. game. Uh, but I, I want to get all the bad stuff out of the way. The camera in this game is, I mean, I know it's early 3D. It, I understand all that, but the camera in this game is among the worst I've ever it's, seen. It's, it is tough. It's, it's a game of its of its era. It Having uh, to swivel that thing around, because it, it's okay... When you're just walking around, right, and, and you're doing your stealth thing, and you're and you're sneaking up on enemies, all of it's fine because it, it's very in, in control. However, the first time you get panicked, or you're you've got say two people on you for whatever reason, you're done. You're absolutely done because if it flips around just the right way, you'll be spinning around trying to find the enemy while they're just carving you up. So. Horrible camera. <clears throat> I just can't uh, uh, can't get past it. So, bad controls, uh, or not bad controls, awkward controls, bad camera. So, what is my opinion on the game? It's a good game. Uh, and the reason why I say that is it has elements that you can tell work well for what they're trying to do. You can just bull rush this game, go in sorta of, sorta of swinging, uh just run to all your objectives if you know where they are. I, I think like the speed run of this is like thirty yeah, minutes. I'll long. watch the speed run and this uh, guy literally he goes like it's like a B line with the ninja speed yeah. thing. He just goes and goes. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy how quick he goes. But if you don't <clears throat> And I, and I think once you get to that point, it's a little actually disheartening because that's not how this game's meant to be right. played. This game is meant to be you sneak around courtyards, you target guards, you, you you know mentally mark their locations, and you go up and you you take them out or just avoid them all together. Um, the, the fighting, once you actually get into combat, if it's one-on-one -on -one fighting like for a boss or something, it's pretty good because you can control whether you're slashing left, right, if you're doing upswings, if you're doing stabs, <coughs> excuse me, that sort of stuff. And I think that's mainly why the controls are the way they are because it gives you that type of freedom uh, past what you could get if left and right actually moved your character left or right and you can let me be sure everyone understands this you can strafe with a button yeah. press uh and you can uh sneak with a button press so you have other elements yeah, you press up against the um, wall or sneak around yeah right well let's not even talk about up against the wall thing that camera is <laughs> well, so finicky when you go up against the wall well, it's turning a corners up against the wall is a real pr <laughs> what Oh Listen, my I, you goodness. know, you're, you're, when it comes to the camera, I, I, 
again, having played those old Tomb Raider games, this game reminds me a lot of the of the original couple Tomb Raiders and with the camera. And the truth of the matter is, in this game, it the camera is the thing you need to master as much as you do your ninja skills, because there are ways to move in this game that where the camera will not hurt you. It's never going to help you, but it may it won't hurt you because of the way you have to position yourself. Uh, and like I said, it works okay for some stuff when you're shooting and aiming. You've got plenty of time. But if you're in a hectic battle with like three or four guys or animals, and they're all coming at you, and you're trying to position yourself in a way to attack them, the camera is a problem. And it, and it was just a, that was a product of of the era. Uh, it, that well, it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't think Tomb Raider was ever. Well, as Well, Tomb Raider as didn't this. have nearly as much combat, and it didn't have hardly any hand to hand. It was all with guns. That's a whole. It's a whole right. different ball game with that. I agree. Something else. I'll, oh, now okay. another thing I want to mention is uh, you. You were kind of given the voice acting and stuff praise. The voice acting is B movie no, level the, the, stuff. The, the, the guy Ninja, I gave him praise. He's the one I liked. He had a cool okay. voice. Yeah, he actually delivers yeah. his lines almost like he an went actor on and did Shinmu as well. So I mean, he he was pretty obviously that he was well regarded. Right. Well, Shimu is also known as a, is a very B level yeah, movie, yeah. maybe C level yeah. movie. Uh, the dialogue in this is cheesy as heck. Uh, it it tries to take itself serious, and then there are points, there are, are sections in the game where the dialogue is so cheesy. You have to just say, you know what, pick a lane. Either you're going to go uh, historic samurai honor blah 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 or you're gonna go guy has secret stone in his belly <laughs> type of dialogue thought... the the uh woman's dialogue is absolute yeah trash. It's, that's not she's supposed to be this sassy like uh up and coming female ninja type thing but it is first of all the voice actor is uh unfortunate huh. and her dialogue that she's had to read is just the absolute dumbest stuff you've ever well. seen. So, but I don't hate it for that because I you just have to say this is a, a B level samurai movie and then it's fun. It kind of plays off itself. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna so, disagree with you a little bit there. I want to touch on this before you move on. This game establishes. What I liked about this game is it really makes you... If you feel like that you're a ninja who has rules, who has guidelines, who has a, a, a mantra, there's a section that's where you rescue another ninja. It's because you're... Which normally you can't do that. The ninja's code won't allow you to rescue anybody. But your master waves that. He waves you from the code. I like the fact that they put that in there. I like the dialogue that they have. I think it sounds pretty cool. Now, I like that kind of schlocky stuff. I didn't think it was... I think some of this gets, gets lost in translation. Some of it, they try to make it cool guy style and make it, you know, more for, like, a young uh, teenager would be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But I, I since I sort of am still a teenager internally, I thought it was pretty cool. I will admit the dialogue. Some some of the voice acting's not good, but some of it's okay. I, I think all of it is pretty bad, except for uh, the main male ninja. Uh, I think he does a good yeah. job. Um. All of that said, the total package is very much uh, a standout game for its yeah. era. I don't think it holds up particularly well on revisits, which is why 
I certainly wouldn't seek this game out to buy. Uh, is it worth playing? And you know what? I, I don't think so. I don't think it's worth going back to play if you haven't played it before. If you've played it before and you're revisiting it, I think that's fine. I think if you are someone who is looking for a new stealth game to play and you're wanting to a retro title, I don't think this is where you want to go. I think uh, Deus Ex is a much better representation of a stealth game that still has these kind of graphics. Uh, you know, it's that blocky polygon look. Now, it's a totally different genre. It's, it does have hand-to-hand if you want it to, uh, but it, it's not set in samurai time. It's, you know, future dystopia time. But this game, I think, is just a little too rough around the edges for me to recommend to someone who is trying to find a new stealth game to play. This is a game I would say that, in my opinion, if you can get past, if you can get past the limitations of the camera, I think the game's fun. The missions are fun. I think it's you get that feeling that you also got in Tomb Raider, where you're literally a, a man out in a, a huge, empty world that you could just go around and explore, you know, and occasionally come across bad guys. But it, it's a really fun feeling that this sort of engine gives you. The I'll, I really bought into the whole ninja stuff. The missions are cool. I like the fact that this isn't your, uh, this isn't one of these lame ninjas. This guy goes out and executes suckers. You know, hey, you're a big, fat, greedy merchant. You're going to die. How are you like, what do you think about that? Oh, you crossed my master? You're toast. They just, they have own, they're in moral code. And the moral code's whatever their master says. That's the way I like it, man. These ninjas don't take any prisoners. They go out there and kill suckers. It's the way it should be. There's magic in there. I like the fact that they threw in animals. I thought all that was neat. The, you know, and even when you die in this, of course, there's a little cutscene. You, you can start back over. You just don't. You can't use uh, the, uh, uh, the, the stuff you brought in with the equipment. You've got. It, you have to go basically find it. It'll be out there scattered around. But I mean, it's not super bad if you get killed. So you can go back. That's in. pretty punishing. Well, I mean, it is, but you also it makes you think about what you're going to take in because uh, you just in case you die. And I thought the skill level in this, I'm no master of these games. And I, th- I did okay. I thought getting the third level in, the, in one week, I thought it was pretty good, all things considered. Uh, so I, I think the difficulty level is not too high. And I, I definitely think this is one that you should check out. I want to touch a couple more things real quick before we move on. I mentioned this game had a bunch of different releases. Of course, you, the, the Japanese version is slightly different. There's, uh, there's a little subtle differences. But they released, they did a re-release of this in in 99 in Japan. Now get this, Brent. This is awesome. They re-released this game with with some new features and a couple new missions. But the main feature was they put in a mission editor. Okay? You can make your own missions. So then, uh, late in the year, they released a disc of just people's missions. They had like a hundred and some missions that just fans had made. They went and picked the best ones and released those. That would be... That's pretty cool. And this is only in Japan, of course. I think that'd be a lot of fun uh, to... Uh, to uh, I think it'd be neat. You could probably come up with some pretty cool missions uh, to do it yourself. I, I thought that was awesome. I looked at some reviews on this. Uh, it did. It got good reviews, man. Edge gave it 7 out of 10. EGM gave it 7.75 out of 10. Game Informer, 9 out of 10. Game Pro, uh, 4 out of 5 stars. Uh, Game Revolution gave it an A. GameSpot, 8.3 out of 10. IGE, 9 out of 10. Next Gen gave it 4 out of 5. So it it had good quality uh, scores. It's considered a landmark title in the field of uh, 
stealth, you know, for the obvious reasons, because it was it, it, it did so much uh, in terms of advancing or even starting it or restarting it, I guess the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, Metacritic ranks at the 54th uh, top game of all time, or, or excuse me, Game Informer. That's pretty good. Its sales were outstanding. For, one of the few times we get sales numbers, I guess because we went so far forward. Uh, it had over 500,000 copies in Japan sold by June of 98. That was before it got released in the States. As of 2003, the game sold 700, uh, 730,000 copies in the U.S., so its total sales were, were over 1.2 million in the U.S. and Japan. Pretty good figures right there, Britt. They made a few bucks on this one. Yeah, absolutely. They did have sequels, as we mentioned. I did not look at the sequels for the, because I didn't want the, to be spoiled because I may come back to this somewhere down the line. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, the uh, you know the U.K. had a real problem with ninjas. I don't know what their problem was with them. But they hated throwing stars, so they had to edit the game in Japan or in uh, the UK and took the throwing stars out and put throwing knives in. Which I would—I don't know if I'd rather be hit with a throwing knife. Or th- What's the difference? Yeah. I don't even understand the difference. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Now get this: one last thing, and you were talking about old kung fu schlockiness. The uh, 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 the motion capture in this was done by uh, a very famous martial arts actor, Sho Kasugi. If you know anything about old martial arts, you know who Shokasugi is, man. Plus, he was on one of my all-time favorite TV shows, The Master, from the 80s, <clears throat> with Lee Van Cleef. Him and his son, Kane Kasugi, did the motion capture for the two main ninjas in this. Bam! That's awesome right there. That's that's proper trivia. If you know who Shokasugi is, you know you're a cool guy like me. So there you go, Brent. Uh, overall, a, gr- a fun game. I don't think we got any Discord reviews on this. Did you notice if we got any or not? Let me have a quick look here. I don't think we did. So, with all that said, Brent, we're going to move on uh, down the line. That was my game. What did you pick for us uh, this week? Well, I where you kind of look modern, you know, to the 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 more of the uh, the surge of stealth games. I went back to the beginning, and we already uh, talked about the very first stealth game. Now I want to go to the first commercially viable stealth game. And this was an arcade game released by Sega 005. And obviously this is a uh, Agent 005 if you want to get kind of technical, although that's not what the marquee says, sort of a fair. Um, <clears throat> this is obviously a throwback or a, a homage, if you will, plagiarism if you want to be a little more... Uh, uh, evil about it all. This is a play on, on 007, and the game has you playing Agent 005 as he maneuvers around different environments trying to steal secrets and get them back to headquarters. Uh, this is a arcade game from 1981. This is the first stealth arcade game. In fact, the only two games before this uh, in the stealth genre are uh, Shoplifting Boy and Shoplifting Girl. So this is the next in line. Yeah, this, this was considered by a lot <laughs> now, of people for the, as number one for the longest time. Right, and this actually has the Guinness World Book record for being the first stealth Ooh. game. Although Guinness just get it out. They get more things wrong than they yeah. get right. So... What do you do in 005? It is a multi-stage arcade game 
where your very first stage has you dropping on top of this building or uh, row buildings, and you get the secrets automatically. So now it, the game is not about getting the secrets. It's about getting out with them. So you have to run through town and duck into a different building to avoid all these guards that are, are after you. And we'll talk about the uh, the less stealthy level first. Uh, there's a chance that you will get uh, uh, run into a building and be in an ice rink, as in like ice skating. <coughs> and it has a perimeter that you can walk around to avoid getting on the ice, but that's where all the guards are funneling in. So you have to kind of uh, go across the ice, and you get these incredibly wacky, messed-up controls while you're doing it, sliding from side to side, trying to get through this ice to avoid the uh, patrols that's coming after you. Once you do that, you'll you'll grab a hold of your helicopter and get whisked away, and you'll land back into the city to steal more secrets. Uh, once you get past the ice level... And you get to choose between the ice level or the warehouse. And the warehouse is where the huge stealth elements come in. It is a warehouse full of boxes. <clears throat> and you'll have one guard come in behind you. One guard patrolling the perimeter of where you're going. And then two guards coming into the building with flashlights. And the building is pitch black. Uh, you can see the boxes. And you can see the guards with their flashlights, and they're shining it up and down the these rows, although they're not really, like, rows, perfect rows and columns. The box is just kind of all over the place with different type of gaps being either small that the flashlight will go through, but you can't walk through, or large where you can walk through it, and, of course, the flashlight goes down. So if you get uh, discovered... The, the flashlight shines on you, they will run after you at like three times yeah. speed. But you're not totally screwed. Unlike Shoplifting Boy, which once you're discovered, once you're seen, it's over. That's the end of the game. This actually allows you to <clears throat> keep running. You can kind of duck in behind some more boxes, turn a corner. And unlike modern uh, stealth games, the guards just don't go like, oh, well, okay, I guess he got away. They continue to hunt you the entire time. They want to find you. So uh, they'll keep, they'll slow back down if you manage to, to get out of their line of sight for long enough. But they will look for you where you were and then branch back out from there. So if you get through the warehouse, you, you get back on your helicopter and you escape. Now you have to get out with the secrets. And this is the most bizarre level and that's yeah, saying something is. since this you were on a, a, weird a, a, an ice rink just a few moments ago uh this is the action port uh, part of the game <clears throat> where you have to shoot down the police helicopter uh enable to uh, to enable your escape but there are these like floating bombs on either side balloons. of the screen that it looked like balloons go left and right well the blue okay or from the bottom, you've also have balloons coming up at it's, you, it's, and the cop. It's helicopter the, boo yan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorta. <clears throat> and you've got the uh, police copter at the top of the screen shooting missiles at you. So you have to stay alive until the police copter tries to engage, and then if you shoot it down, you're free. You fly onto the next city and try to 
do it all over again. A few reasons why this is uh, certainly a stealth game. You can't kill the cops uh, or the the guards uh, in the overworld map or the warehouse or the ice rink. The only time you actually kill your opponent is in the helicopter stage. And that's really, it's your helicopter's killing another helicopter. The rest of the time, your only weapon is basically a laughing gas gun where you will incapacitate the uh, officer, but they'll just fall down and start laughing, and you can't step over them. So you can actually <laughs> screw yourself more using the gun than if you didn't use the gun. So it's kind of, you might want to, like if there's one coming up behind you, that's pretty safe to go ahead and incapacitate him. But otherwise, you have to really think about if you want to actually do it or not, because when they're laying on the ground, they're just they start laughing, and you can't get around them, so it actually blocks your your path. So, I hate and love this game both. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. I, I I think the overworld map where you're ducking into a building to avoid you know the big stakeout in the very beginning. I think that's really well done. I think it it's basically just the stage select, right? But it has it where uh, if you go more up the screen, the buildings you go into are worth more points, or you can just kind of duck into the first one you you come to. Uh, the ice rink stage is silly, and I guess they're trying to play off kind of that you know bond, especially early bonds uh, before they started taking themselves so serious, was full of these silly little Roger things, Moore right? era in particular, my favorite, yeah, right. So I, I think that's what they were going for here was because I, I can I can absolutely see this in an early Bond where they're the Bond skating around on the on the skating rink and trying you know trying to avoid capture cops are flying all over the place and sliding into walls and whatnot so I, I get that I I'm okay with that I don't particularly like that stage but I'm okay with it the warehouse stage where you're sneaking through and the guards have their flashlights, top-notch. Top-notch. You have to really be on your game because when the guards see you, they really come at you with this aggression. Uh, and they have to touch you to get you, which I think is also just a good good design decision. I really enjoy that stage. And then the helicopter stage is just so left-field. Uh it's incredibly difficult. All the stages are difficult. Uh, but the helicopter stage in general is just an absolute <clears throat> shoot everything. It's almost like you're playing Centipede. It, I, I don't know. I don't like it. And I think it actually brings the game down a tremendous amount because of it. Aaron, what do you think about 005? You know, this game was known to me. I'd played this long ago. And the main reason was that the, for the longest time... If you had a MAM cabinet, this was always the first game that came up. Now, eventually, uh, uh, what was it, eight, the 88 sports game, 88 Olympics, th th with a little uh, apostrophe, jumped in front of yeah. it. But this was the game I saw the intro screen for hundreds of times as I turned on my, my MAME cabinet over and over. You've got to look at this game. Listen, I agree with most of what you said. you got to look at this game from when it was released. This thing is from 81. And the fact yeah. that they're attempting uh, this sort of game, it's it, it, it's ambitious, okay? So I'm going to give them credit for that. 
Uh, I agree with almost everything you said. I thought the helicopter level was, I mean, it's not, it's not the best. It is weird. It's a, but it's, it's different. And the fact that they put a shooter segment into this, I'll give them credit for the attempt of doing that. Uh, the ice skate rink, I, again, I, I sort of agree with what you said. I understand why they would do it, but it's not good. Once you get on that ice, you're pretty much boned. Yeah. I mean, you can, yeah, it's you're screwed. Really hard to get The warehouse on. stages with the flashlights, I do. That was, I, even back in the day, I thought this is kind of cool, kind of a cool concept. Uh, if you get caught in that light, you're boned. You're almost certainly going to get caught. because You can get away, but yeah, it's Yeah, I mean, well, it, 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 they'll get you. They're, they move fast. Uh and the overall map, yeah, you're right. It's sort of like, uh, it reminds me sort of like uh, something like uh, picking a room on Venture. Like, it's sort of safe, yeah. but sort of not. So you better not dilly-dally, you know? You got to get in there uh, and get and, and get that taken care of. I mean, again, how, let me put it this way. How many, how many ports of this came out on a home system, right? The answer is none. Okay, which is unusual. What's that? What does that tell you? It tells me two things: the game was not successful. Wrong. Well, I, I, well, I knew you were going to go there, but it was it was not successful. And number two, it tells me that no, that's I know. Wrong. But I'm I'm just saying this is the when you hear it when you see a game that doesn't get ported. What's it tell you? It means either the home systems at the time just couldn't handle a port of this. Bam. Kind, but also, I it, it, I don't think this did this even get released in the in the U.S. For, in any capacity. I never. In, in my whole life, I never ever saw uh, the arcade uh, uh, version of this. I never saw it in any... And I was in a lot of arcades, uh, even in 81. Uh, so I'm guessing this if this ever came to the U.S., it couldn't have gotten a very wide release. And I'm assuming it did, if it didn't do well here. I know it did well in Japan, but I'm sure it didn't do well here. And I'd say that's part of the reason why it never got a, any sort of home ports. What do you think? Give me the scoop. Well, let, let let me do you some All right, learning please. here. Take me to the take me to the <clears throat> school. This was Jamma. This was a Sega's early Jamma. Really, system, okay? this was a Jamma. It's called Raster Scan, okay. and its whole purpose. Now, this isn't just Double Five. This is the cabinet and the innards and everything. Its whole purpose was to uh, have owner operators buy the system, and then you could swap games in and out, sort of like Jamma. You know, you got the board, you just plug in, the but the the base system where it wires up all the controls and all of the uh, screen and everything, bam, that was what it is. You're not, you're not saying this is a jamma machine, you're saying this is a, this is one of those early switchable games, assistance, yes. I gotcha. Yeah, no, no, this is I was going to say, because for game. 81, no, no, no. I know jamma didn't exist, so you're nuts, but yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no but it was the same concept. All right, I understand. That, and they wanted people to buy into this concept, and this was the first game that was released on that concept. And you can say it was because of that, or you can say it was because people like 005, but this had a marginal success in the arcades. The reason why you probably never saw this, Aaron, is tons of these PCBs were translated, pulled the chips off of, and they made monster bashes out of them. So this was only in the arcade for a short amount of time before people took their boards and upgraded to the next thing. Even though you had games, you could just swap in and out. Uh, I'm not talking about this. They actually uh, converted the boards themselves into a new game. Another thing, uh, this did have a console port release in the in the schedule, 
for the ColecoVision. Uh, it just never actually came out. So they were working on it. I don't know why it never came out. Maybe they said, okay, this isn't commercially viable. Or maybe they said, we can't do all four screens uh, on the ColecoVision. We're just going to move on. Uh, but it did have a port. It was in the works. It just never got I released. So, I think Coleco could have handled this, this, too. I think it could have handled this. I think it would have been yeah. close. Maybe not all the screens, but may maybe. I think it would have been close. Uh, a few other little tidbits just before we wrap it up here. Uh, of course, this was a play on 007. They actually looked at getting the rights to James Bond, and it was going to just be too expensive. So they were like, oh, okay, well, this isn't 007. It's, um, I don't know, 005. And bam, there you go. Completely original character. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so... Good times. Do I like this game? Would I recommend people play it? No. <laughs> it is too hard. Uh, I can usually loop it. Uh, I can almost always loop it once. Looping it twice gets difficult. And past that, it gets impossible. Because the way this game increases in difficulty is the guards get faster. Yeah. And when the guards get faster on the ice rink level, you're screwed. Uh, it basically forces you to go into the middle in the ice rink area, and it becomes just unwinnable. It's just luck. And you, and it, uh... Well, it's not luck, no, because Dwayne Richards uh, holds the high score of this at $1.5 million, which is a perfect wow. game. So obviously he didn't just luck into doing it. it there is skill well, involved. It's beyond me. That's for darn sure. That's fair. It's beyond me too, but... It's. I think it would be unfair to call it yeah, luck. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I want people to play this game, but I can't recommend it. I it, I think there's too many flaws. It's too disjointed. Uh, if you look it up and you kind of like what you see, and you're like, man, I could see playing that, by all means, look it up. I mean, it's worthy of playing. But to seek it out on my advice, I can't do it. Uh, the game has great sound. Uh, especially for an early 91 game or 81 game. Uh, and the visuals are very pleasing. Yeah. I, I, everything kind of looks like what it's yeah, supposed it to look like, like minus the good. helicopter stage. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, there, there you, go. you go. So, a couple stealth games. I, I would I, I would say this is worth looking at, uh, albeit briefly, uh, but it's not something that is uh, necessarily going to be in your wheelhouse. Speaking of wheelhouses, Brent, you know what that means? It's time to spin this sucker. It's it's, it's time for bad transition. Listen, what are you saying? That was a gold. That's that was a professional guy. <laughs> it definitely snuck up so, on me. <laughs> this week, Brent, we've added two uh, pieces to the uh, wheel arena here. We've got uh, a piece here called Pokey Chip Games. Pokey Chip Games, games that use the Pokey Chip. And as our as our retro rewinds, it's DOS. It's DOS. Man, I, I could go for some DOS action. All right. Let's finish up some DOS, Aaron. Don't uh, let listen, me down. Listen, I'm going to let you down no matter what. Here we go. Uh, uh, yeah. A it's mighty spin. Here it is. The one DOS. Oh, one DOS. just missed it. So it's Pokey Chip Games. Got it in its, its first attempt, Brent. This is a piece submitted to us from Josh Malone, Brent. Pokey Chip Games. Now, what do you think about that, that genre, Pokey Chip Games? You don't know anything about it, do you? I'm gonna have to do some research. <laughs> yes. I mean, I know, I know 
what it's referring yeah. to, but I would be able to go like, oh, well, that means this and this and this. <laughs> so this means we will be playing games that require the Poke Chip. Fair enough, simple, and to the point. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone that uh, popped in on us today. We had a good crowd in the old chat room, Brent. A uh, good lively bunch. Uh, and we'd like to thank everyone for uh, checking us out, downloading us. Uh, Brittany, any parting words before we take this thing to the house? Well, he's gone. I guess that means no. So, until next week, keep your head down. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Graham, W. Vetke, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, the Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rackmason, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroallergy, Hermsky, Rauschy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay, too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.